Heart. You gotta have heart. Miles and miles of heart. What is heart? Heart is running through a return man when the game is on the line. Heart is giving everything you have in practice, day after day. Heart is finding the strength to run down the field one more time when you can barely breathe. The heart in me pumps Husker Red. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast, brought to you by Coordination.com, hosted on JitteryMonkey.com, part of the Jittery Monkey family of podcasts. I'm Greg Mahochko. It's a short week this week. We just had, I feel like we just uh, got together with Haas last, we did. It was a Saturday morning uh, publish, and uh, we recorded over uh, a few adult beverages uh, Friday night, because we needed them, because we were talking about sad times. And, uh, in fact, we, we got uh, a very angry comment on Facebook saying, why would we relive you know, these dark moments and, and these agonizing games? Because it's fun. It's fun to look back on and, and see how far we've come or perhaps how far we're uh, going to go. Uh, we're shifting focus after a couple of weeks of, of counting down our top five uh, first favorite wins and then uh, most agonizing losses. Uh, we're talking basketball this week and uh, men's and women's basketball as uh, the two Nebraska uh, basketball teams uh, enter their respective tournaments. Uh, there is the tournament uh, that the men are, are going to. That's that's our code name in the Slack chat room. We're calling it the tournament because we do feel that uh, the Husker men's basketball team was robbed. And then there's uh, the women's tournament. We'll be talking with Jill Heemstra here uh, in just a bit uh, about uh, the Husker women in their NCAA tournament. Um, joined to talk about uh, the men's basketball team with Patrick Gerhardt. Patrick, welcome back to the show. Good, sir. Hey, great to be back. Thanks. How, how you been? It's been a couple of weeks. Uh, good. Just busy. Busy's, uh, winter's busy for me. This time of year's busy for me, but uh, things are good between the tournaments, work, and uh, just general Husker sports. But yeah, no, overall good. Let, let's get to the tournament because we felt that you know this was a team, that even though they, they were one and done in the Big Ten tournament, that, that they had some uh, nice wins. They beat you know a, a ranked uh, Minnesota team. They beat uh, a ranked Michigan team by 20 points. You know they, they had uh, some really nice wins, uh, as my son has woken up from his nap. Uh, but they had some really nice wins, but unfortunately they didn't get – the right win or two when they needed them, and they did have some some bad losses. But let's talk a little bit about uh, Selection Sunday because we were all kind of watching. If we weren't watching the show, we were catching the updates on social media within the next 20, 30 seconds. Uh, Nebraska's name was not called for the NCAA men's basketball tournament. I, I kind of felt that they got robbed a little bit. I thought there were teams that you know didn't have as good of records, didn't have uh, perhaps as nice of resumes, uh, who who got in maybe because of a little uh, uh, because the selection committee I'll say was a little starstruck. You know, I I I, I agree with you on face value. Since the committee decided not to pick Nebraska, I've kind of stepped back a little bit and kind of looked at the Nebraska schedule throughout the year. They've they've had some good wins. They have some decent statistics. Where they sit in the Big Ten is very nice, but you kind of got to look at everything all-encompassing. Um, statistically, they probably should have been in, put in. But honestly, and this is something everybody kind of mentioned at the end of the season for a lot of teams, in particular Nebraska, you know, do they pass the eye test? And I think in the end, they did not pass the eye test for the NCAA tournament committee. And I think in in the end, that's probably why they did not get picked. 
and most likely weren't really in the conversation that much for at least the last two or three weeks. But that's just me. Let's talk about some of our uh, old Big 12 uh, opponents who are in while another Big 12 team is on the outside looking in. Uh, Oklahoma State, not in the tournament, uh, despite beating Kansas twice, uh, despite thumping Oklahoma. Meanwhile, you have an Oklahoma team that only won one game in 2018, I believe. Uh, uh, you know, they just had a horrible, horrendous second half of the season, uh, and they're in the tournament. And you have a Missouri team that, uh, you know, I, I was looking at the records and, and both, uh, you know, overall and in conference records, and uh, Missouri did not have as good of a, a – a, record as nebraska they did have a win against kentucky i think when kentucky was uh, minus a few players but they have michael porter jr who is you know slated to be a a lottery pick in the upcoming nba draft he didn't play most of the season played in the sec loss or sec tournament loss to um uh georgia uh, last week Mm -hmm. but you know there's a little bit more of that star power might bring a a little bit more ratings uh Big 12 doesn't really necessarily affect us because, you know, we're not in it anymore, and and obviously neither is Missouri. But those were, you know, a couple of teams that maybe didn't, again, at face value, didn't seem to have uh, as as good a season as Nebraska and and then Oklahoma State, who by all accounts should have been in the tournament, and they got snubbed as well. No, I I, I agree. Oklahoma, I think, pretty much is they're they're going based on a one-star player. Uh, Missouri also is probably to a little extent, though I will, and you know, please give me heck for this. The SEC was actually a fairly decent basketball league, and we'll get to, to it a little ooh, bit in a bit. Ooh, but, but SEC actually did have some pretty good basketball going on in it this year, especially in regards to what you saw in the Big Ten, and quite possibly, honestly, the Pac-12 too. Um, I mean. Missouri probably was one of the last ones to get in on the SEC, and they probably shouldn't have been in, but they still played some decent teams that I think helped boost them up. In regards to Oklahoma, uh, I, <laughs> yeah, pretty much straight up one player. Um, if if he wasn't even on the roster, they would probably be very, very, very sub sub five hundred team. So yeah, th- th- those were frustrating head scratchers. But you know, what's an NCAA tournament without a little drama? Right, and, and uh, kudos to the selection committee to bring the drama before uh, the, the you know first jump ball, you know before the tournament even tips off. Um, I've, I've heard a lot of comments, and, and I've mentioned this before that uh, uh, you know a lot of times in, in my work truck, if I'm not listening to a podcast, uh, uh, whether it be one of the fine podcasts here on the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network, or even our uh, friends over at the Big Red Comcast, we still plug them, um, or some of the other ones I listen to. I'm t- typically listening to uh, ESPN 101 out of St. Louis. And uh, I forgot where I was going with that now. Oh, yeah, no, they were talking about how... It was a great plug, I'll tell you that much. Well, thank you. Uh, <laughs> no, they were, they were saying how, you know, for a lot of uh, college basketball fans, you know, the the college basketball can at times feel a little bit like Major League Baseball. It's kind of a long season. Uh, there's a lot to follow. Uh, but, you know, the postseason, this is, you know, really when... Uh, it starts to garnish the most attention. And so a lot of people look at, uh, you know, the Selection Sunday as really the beginning uh, and one of the more exciting times in the college basketball season. 
Oh, yeah, no, totally. I mean, it, it's this is the time where the casual college basketball fan comes out and the casual pundit comes out. So, you know, you will start seeing, you know, as you saw Sunday, you will see a lot of people, especially football folks, who will jump in <laughs> and give their two cents in to what is happening and what should be happening within the college basketball realm. Um, it's it, it, it's deep. It's complex. It's hard to catch everything. Um, it's not like football where there's a hundred and some teams and let's be honest, 60 some that actually technically kind of matter. Um, you've got over 300 teams across the nation, uh, all over who can be doing anything at one point. And, you know, with the automatic bid system that they do with the NCAA tournament, um, you're going to be hearing teams for the first time all year from lower level leagues that, you know, you know, those are the ones that everybody wants to see them upset and stuff. So, you know, there's a lot going on right now. 68 teams, the NCAA tournament, 32 in the NIT. Uh, it's just, it, it's, it, it's a lot to comprehend for somebody who follows this on a regular basis, let alone somebody who jumps in at the last second. And, and, and some of those, uh, you know, smaller teams, you know, the, the potential Cinderella's and whatnot, uh, you know, the, the Davids versus the Goliaths of the ACC, you know, typically and, and things like that. Um, you know, I, we went and uh, dined last Thursday at Buffalo Wild Wings. And of course they had a lot of uh, tournament games on, uh, the downside is that they didn't have any of the Big Ten tournament games on it, and and I I can't wait to. It, it's no secret. I don't think anybody liked that uh, uh, experiment of of bumping up the Big Ten tournament. Uh, you know, a week kind of a, a condensing the uh, regular season schedule, having the the tournament a week earlier. Then you've got a, a week off, and that's. I, I don't know. I kind of think that maybe that hurt Nebraska just a little bit. Um, if, if they could have been playing. Maybe not in the final weekend, as far as you know how we think of Friday night, Saturday, Sunday. But if they could have been playing in that the final, you know, that final tournament weekend, it might have you know shown a, a little bit more of a spotlight on them and what they potentially could have done. Uh, possibly. Did you watch that Michigan game? Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I, we wanted to showcase that. <laughs> it, I'll tell you what. No, I didn't. Um, I was following along, uh, but I was also at work. So I, I yeah, I, uh, I I I worked and then I DVR'd it and I was going to delete it and I ended up just fast forwarding through watching it and it was um, that that was not a great showcase. That last game against Michigan, any like I mentioned before, the eye test, anything for the casual NCAA tournament. Poobah, who who chooses who makes it in. If they watch that Michigan game, I mean that that was a very poor eye test for what 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 was to be. Um, but then again, you know if if the, if it was pushed a week, maybe Nebraska would have played better. So and I think you know the perhaps in that case, you know, one if they if they focus you know on on one game. And without looking at, at the season, Nebraska, as we mentioned, did have some nice wins in the regular season. I mean, they, they played, uh, you know, balls out for, you know, a, a good portion of the season. And, and you know, a, as a team set, you know, some some program bests. Oh, no, they, they, they totally did. And, you know, they had some great halves. They had some great full games. But unfortunately, and, you know, it's pointed out multiple times, they didn't win enough big games. They beat everybody. They beat most everybody who they should have beaten. Um, a lot of times, you know, in Nebraska's history, they, they go on a two, three games, uh, 
win streak and then they lose a couple games that they shouldn't have lost and they really didn't do that this year so i mean that was a good thing but you know looking back there was no win against creighton there was no win against kansas um st john's ended up hurting us in the long run even though they went on a little absurdly good winning streak on their own halfway through the season against what was it duke and who Uh, else did they know i believe yeah yeah i mean just out of the blue but that was pretty much it for them. Um, you know, we you know we needed a win against Ohio State or Purdue or Michigan State. None of those happened. Um, Michigan was the only really big one in the second half of the season. Um, you know, Penn State didn't do a whole lot for us. Indiana didn't do a whole lot for us. Maryland. Um, it was all it was all against uh, mediocre to below mediocre Big Ten teams. Um, and all the big boys in the conference, we only played them once. So, I mean, it's just the unfortunateness of scheduling along with a weaker Big Ten just, I mean, it, it hurt Nebraska. You know, it made us look good on, you know, um, on the win-loss column, but in terms of the long run, and it just, it, it hurt. And I don't mean to sound like a defeatist, but there's just some facts there that, that put us in the situation we're in right now. How, this is a, probably an obvious uh, question, but it, if that would have been a two-point or one point win over Kansas instead of a one point loss. How different would this conversation be right now? Would they be a tournament team, or would they still need one more? If they would, if they weren't a tournament team, I would say they would definitely be first four out or or close. Um, we would not be a number five seed in the <laughs> NIT. Um, I, I, you know, we I think we'd be better than a three or four seed you know we'd probably be one or a one or a two seed if, if that was the case um and i say that just based on the fact that yeah that would have been a good win against kansas but it was early enough in the season and you know the eye test later on throughout the year i think quite possibly would still have hurt us um could we've made it in yeah you know our rpi would have been higher high enough at that point to where we you know we very well could have been um, if we if we beat Kansas and did not make the NCAA tournament, I would be by far more upset than I am right now. Uh, dare I say the term "livid" could could possibly have been used yeah. to describe you? Yeah, <laughs> I was frustrated after we were snubbed by the NCAA tournament, but I, I, I could see why we didn't get in. You know. Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, the tournament that Nebraska is in, and um, in all honesty, I think how you and I have talked before. Which I, I brought up, you know, I, I talked with you about Nebraska ball one week, and then the next week I talked with David, and and his take was a little bit different. He thought, you know, if you can get in the dance, that that's where you want to be. Um, but I, I like, I still, you know, I, I value both of your opinions, but I, I, I still remember uh, very clearly what you said about, hey, you know what, if you can get into the NIT, or, or, or if you end up in the NIT, but you can have a good, uh, strong showing, a good run, and, and who knows, maybe even bring home some hardware, then that's that that potentially is just as valuable uh, as as you know maybe going one and done in the NCAA tournament. So let's talk about that uh, matchup. As you mentioned, a, a five seed uh, and going. In fact, I think the team is in uh, right now, either flying to or they have arrived in uh, Mississippi. They're, they're going to take on Mississippi State, and uh, it, it's. The, the frustrating part for us is, again, the seeding uh, hurts Nebraska because I, I think if you're the NCAA, if, if you're even if you're the NIT committee, why wouldn't you put a game in Lincoln? I mean, 
it's and and this is where I get frustrated. If Nebraska would have ended up with the number four seed, which I think they deservingly should have had in the NIT, um, everything would have been set up very well to move forward for the Huskers. They could have, I think, easily done well considering how well they did at home. Unfortunately, they gave us a fifth seed. We got to go back down to Starkville for the second time this year. Might I remind you, um, we played the first game, an exhibition back down in Starkville on October 22nd for, I think, Hurricane Irma relief, and we beat Mississippi State over that. But again, it was first game of the season. Exhibition didn't even count. So what do you take out of it? Um, Mississippi State's 18-2 and at home right now. Um, they're in a fairly decent SEC conference. They did decent in it, and they're like tied, I think, the end of the season tied number seven in that conference which honestly is not bad whatsoever. Um, they're a decent team. They're, they're, they're not world beaters, but they shoot well enough. They're really good at blocking shots. Um, their defense is okay. They've got some pretty decent point guards and a decent forward. Um, they've got two brothers. Uh, I, I'm going to butcher his name, Quindry Weatherspoon. And his brother Nick, who Nick's currently injured, I'm not sure if he's going to play tomorrow night, but they both are very good guards. They lead the team in points. Um, they can score. Um, they don't do well beyond the arch or necessarily the free throw line. But, I mean, th- this is a decent team that third-year head coach Ben Howard's put together. Um, and they've proven it at home throughout the year. The... the- when you look at you know a couple of teams who were both very, played very well uh, on the home court, um, Mississippi State as you mentioned eighteen and two, uh, and then Nebraska only having one loss all season long at the vault, and it was that aforementioned one point you know buzzer beater against Kansas, who of course is dancing as Kansas typically does. Uh, I still think, however, that there there was a missed opportunity. Matchups aside, I still think there was a missed opportunity uh, from the selection committee to not have you know more basketball in Lincoln. It, tremendous atmosphere, and and it, it, it plays really well on television. Uh, just, it, it, I mean, I could go on and on, but it, it, you know, seating is. I mean, obviously, you want to get in those top four. That's how you end up, you know, in in a uh, it, with a home home court, you know, game, but. And I just, I think the dare I say the the committee dropped the ball. No, I mean I agree, and I apologize for my previous answer. Oh no, you're fine. After, halfway through the second question, I'm like, oh yeah, you wanted to talk more about Lincoln, <laughs> and I, I'm I'm in the middle of my coronation preview, or just finishing up my coronation preview here in a little bit over Mississippi State, so I got that on my mind. But um, no, I mean I they, they for whatever reason I don't know if it's some type of something going on behind the scenes but um no anytime pay to play uh, you can see yeah i mean it, it yeah no kidding anytime anybody misses a chance to have any type of sporting event in a town like lincoln that shows up on a regular basis that brings a lot of people um yeah no i agree it, they definitely they definitely miss out um however at the same time, when you are not filling up, uh, what, 15,000-seat arena like Pinnacle Bank, mm-hmm. um, you have that many more people watching TV. True. And that TV is what goes to <laughs> uh, the NIT 
and you know and all that stuff so i mean it's I, i'm guessing some of that has something to do with it um the fact that nebraska shows up to their home games um doesn't really do anything to sponsors per se no no that that's a, that's you a know? great point that i mean in in a when, we, when every anytime you talk about the ncaa as an organization you can't mm-hmm. you, you can't overlook the fact that it's a business i mean technically it's an i think it's a non-profit uh you know i, I know that you know NFL is, I guess, the NCAA is considered a nonprofit, and, and and they, you know, share a lot of their revenue, obviously, with the member institutions. But so you can't overlook that. But at the same time, you know, so I understand the dollars and cents. Like you said, that's fifteen thousand or or whatever. You know, whoever would be filing in the Pinnacle Bank now, they you're, they're going to sit at home and watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that's fifteen more, fifteen thousand, whatever that number is. More, you know, television sets tuned in. I just think, you know, that. I don't know. I, I think uh, so Nebraska th- loses out. Yeah, the city of Lincoln loses out. The university loses out. The fans lose out. Um, but it's to me, I think it's all Nebraska centered. Um, it's not like the College World Series where there's a stake, you know, played right. into it. You know, Nebraska makes the College World Series. It's not good just for Nebraska. It's also good for the NCAA. Sure, because we're going to dump in who tens of thousands of people on a regular basis. Not just because Nebraska made the College World Series, but because Nebraska made the College World Series and Nebraskans are going to buy up tickets to other games, too. Right. <laughs> you know, um, I think it's just a little bit different situation in this. But I don't know. It, it's without knowing the numbers. It's 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 kind of hard to say. But uh, everything that you said, though, about, you know, advertising and things like that, it it you can almost I don't want to I don't want to come across as a conspiracy theorist. I, I don't. I don't have a tinfoil hat. Mm-hmm. I probably need one. But you could almost say, from for a dollars and cents standpoint, that yeah, let's let's pick, you know, the arena, you know, for something. Obviously, you can't, you know, swap a, a one and an eight. You know, uh, the the top seed in that region uh, is yeah is his. Um, but uh, uh, you know, the the top seed is, is going to be the top seed. But for something like a four and a five, you can fudge it a little bit. So yeah, if you if you know that you know that that uh, diehard fan base, that rabid fan base who's desperate to see a team succeed in the postseason, is going to watch you know one way or another, be it in the stadium where you don't get as much revenue or on television where advertising dollars means a lot more. Mm-hmm. I can, I can see exactly that point that from the business standpoint, it sucks. Like you said, it sucks for the fans. Um, and almost, almost, uh, you know, I don't want to, you know, like I said, I don't want to say it's a conspiracy or collusion or anything like that, but yeah, there's a little, you know, a little money, uh, money talk in there. So, yeah. Um, so, uh, again, eight o'clock, uh, central, is the the uh, tip between Nebraska and Mississippi State? Yep, yep. Eight o'clock tomorrow night, and hopefully they win, and hopefully they go on where they will most likely play Baylor, who we last saw uh, a few years ago in the NCAA tournament, who annihilated us. But different. This is di- different. Different Baylor team. <laughs> different Baylor team. Um, and, and we do uh, uh, want to remind the listeners as we record this, it is Tuesday. Uh, so when you hear this on Wednesday, we actually do mean tonight, uh, eight o'clock. Um, ESPN. ESPN. ESPN will have uh, the coverage. Uh, and uh, Patrick, anything else that that we overlooked, or anything else that you want to touch on? I know that you you mentioned a few moments ago that you're working on the preview, uh, which uh, by I'm assuming by the time uh, this uh, publishes in the morning, that should be available on coordination.com. 
Oh, yeah. Go to coronation.com. It'll most definitely be there. I just need to do one more look over, and it'll be out. But, yeah, hopefully I did an okay job over Mississippi State. Um, again, they're kind of their mid-level SEC team. They're decent. They're not great. Um, I will say this. Even if Nebraska, you know, Nebraska, win or lose tonight, Mississippi State, I've got a feeling their coach, uh, Ben, he's building something there. He's recruited well over the past few years. If you look at his, his recruiting classes coming up, he's got some really good recruits, um, and he's building, he, he's built his players up as far as I can tell. So this is probably not the last time you're going to hear about Mississippi State so well that's good yeah. <laughs> it'd be nice no. for uh you know th- there's been a little i think too much uh um you know top heaviness uh, as far as uh some sec teams go um mm-hmm. and uh so it'd be nice to you know if, if somebody's going to be uh uh bumping some of the the kings off the mountain uh here in the near future in men's yeah. basketball so yeah, and 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 I'm I'm saying this right now to hopefully get some viewers riled up. But uh, S, again, the SEC is it's it's not the Kentucky rules everything that it once was. I mean, don't get me wrong, Kentucky's going to be better down the road, but there are a lot more better teams in the SEC than there used to be. Looking forward to reading the preview. Looking forward to uh, tonight's game. I uh, want to throw this. This tw- is the. Fun. I'm not. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna dance around this. I know most of the people listening to this are football folk, so run with this as much as you can. <laughs> oh no, that's fine. I, I'm enjoying it. I, I always uh, enjoy talking with you, and I, and uh, I just wish I was as smart as you, so that I. I uh, no. Um, no. <laughs> um, Want to read this tweet? Uh, as, as I mentioned, our friends at the Big Red Cobcast, uh, uh, Ryan and Pat and Joe and and uh, everybody that I'm probably I don't know I'm a few episodes behind, so I don't know who's been on it recently. But uh, uh, this came out uh, yesterday. Uh, I think they were also a little fired up after the uh, uh, you know snubbing uh, from Nebraska, mm-hmm. and and uh, I almost can guarantee that this is a Tweety tweet. A Ryan mm-hmm. tweet, but it says uh, things I want for hashtag Nebraska ball from now until next March. One, a bleep you tour of the 2018 NIT that ends in a title. I think we can all agree with that. Number two, every remaining player with eligibility returning for the uh, next season, 2018-2019. And number three, every game at PBA being a no-sit whatever day it is. You know, we, we talk about no-sit Sunday, no-sit Saturday, but make every game a, a no-sit game uh and then next march will be a no doubter when we uh when we get to the tournament you know who's really going to get behind that everybody oh no well i I was going to say like chiropractors guys who do knee surgeries (laughs) hip surgeries that's a lot of standing that's all i'm going to say you're going to have because i mean it's i mean there's a lot of college students but there there's a lot of people there who uh who probably can't do that every game but if we pull it off not only Nebraska will be better off as a basketball team, but uh, the doctors in the region are just going to have a boom. What? That's what we. That's <laughs> that's what that's what's most important: is making sure the doctors and the chiropractors are able to afford that next Lexus of theirs. Um, I, I'll say this, uh, and then we'll let you go, Patrick. But uh, when the Huskers were in Champaign uh, last fall for the Friday night football game, it was cold and uh, it was it wasn't rainy, but it was it was chilly and, and breezy. Um, I, I, I pulled a no sit Friday and did, nice. not, did not sit, uh, my friends that went with, we all pulled a no sit, uh, and, and, and luckily what made this even better, the people behind me also 
pulled a no sit uh, Friday. So it worked out great. Um, Patrick Gerhart, thank you as always uh, for taking some time out of your busy schedule to join me on uh, the Five Heart Podcast. And again, folks, uh, you can uh, read the Mississippi State preview right now at coordination.com. And uh, Patrick, where can they follow you on, on social media? I know you're on Twitter. but uh, Yeah, uh, t- Twitter's the main one, at patrickgerhart.com. Uh, just click on my link at, uh, at coronation.com, and you'll find all my stuff there. Are you on the masthead? Yes, I am. I don't think I am. I, I, hmm. Let's uh, go harass John. I, well, I was going to say, obviously, you're more well-liked than I am. So, <laughs> Oh, no, I highly doubt that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Patrick, uh, thanks again, buddy. And, uh, folks, we're, we're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, I'll be talking with Jill Heemstra about uh, Husker women's basketball. They are dancing, and uh, they play Saturday. So we'll get all the latest from her right after this on the Five Heart Podcast on Coronation.com and JitteryMonkey.com. Hey everyone, Kevin Huntsberger here from My123Cents, the podcast, and My123Cents.com. Every Monday, a new episode drops with the latest news and happenings in the world of professional wrestling. Head to the archives and listen to interviews with legends of the ring like Double J, Jeff Jarrett, Mick Foley, Kamala, and Dan the Beast Severin. Current superstars like Sheamus, Xavier Woods, and Kofi Kingston have been part of the discussion, too. Again, it's my one, two, three cents, the podcast, a wrestling fan's perspective. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to the Five Heart Podcast as we continue talking Nebraska ball this week. And uh, women's Nebraska ball is up next. And, of course, the uh, Husker women are dancing, and uh, they will be playing uh, this Saturday against Arizona State. And uh, joining me to talk about, uh, of course, that matchup and uh, the the last few weeks of the season, who we, we've had on, on the show before, and, of course, uh, she is our, our go-to uh, Husker women's uh, 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 guru, lack of a better term. There's a better term out there. Um, but uh, Jill Heemster, Jill, welcome back. Thank you, Greg. I'm glad to be back here. It's, we need to talk more often. Yes, yes, that was a well-timed uh, swig of beer, was it not? <laughs> I was trying to sneak it in. I thought it was going to be a longer introduction. I, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, it should have been. Uh, I apologize. <laughs> uh, apologies to you. You did fine. <laughs> uh, so yeah. So last time we talked, you know, the I believe just after or, or just prior to our, our uh, last conversation, uh, the women had just come off a big win and uh, coming down the stretch, uh, they. I don't want to say they they faltered a little bit, but they did lose two of their last three regular season games. And and one of those, um, as as you kind of alluded to, was uh, against Maryland. And and Maryland was expected to win the conference, uh, being one of the the upper echelon uh, teams in the Big Ten. Didn't quite work out for the Terrapins that way. But but let's recap a little bit the, the last couple weeks of the regular season for the Husker women because they have I mean obviously they're they're in the tournament so you know the the selection committee saw something in them they have been playing some good basketball uh what was your take uh kind of maybe the the regular season as a whole but also you know going down the stretch yeah I think a couple of things that were working against Nebraska that most of the media had them as a bubble team was they didn't have a super strong non-conference schedule and they had some pretty bad losses in that too. Whereas a year ago when they had that season where they hardly, you know, they only won seven games all season, it was the toughest non-conference schedule in school history. Now they were expecting a very different team in a very different environment when that schedule was set up. Um, this year was a bit more manageable, but when you looked at a lot of the losses, especially the, the ones to the, these lower teams, 
they they were really having health issues at the beginning of the season. You know, it took quite a few games before Amy Williams really got her starting five on the floor consistently. And I think that played into their favor in the end. Plus, I think one of the losses that they thought would be kind of a bad one at the beginning um, to Buffalo ended up being not so bad because Buffalo made the tournament. Um, so, so early on that non-con schedule, but then the injuries gave them a little bit of a, you know, it gave the committee a reason to overlook some of that. And then the last three uh, games of the season, they they did they did lose two, but one of them was behind a, a career night by Indiana's point guard Tyra Buss. Um, she was playing on senior day and just picked apart the Huskers. And Indiana's a pretty hot team. I, you know, they I would be surprised if they don't do a lot of damage in the WNIT. They they really came on at the end of that season and, and were really playing some good basketball. And then again, the other loss was to Maryland at the last game of the regular season, and that was only by two points. And it was a it was a pretty competitive loss. It looked, you know, the Huskers looked like they they belonged on the floor with the Terrapins. And then going into the conference tournament, then they they beat Michigan, who was ranked at the time. Um, and then they lost again to Maryland and. It wasn't as competitive of a loss as the, the end of the regular season, but Nebraska, they put enough on paper to, to have that resume. And then the chips fell pretty well as far as some of the um, other conference tournaments. So there weren't a lot of surprises. A lot of the teams expected to be in were in. And so the, the bubble wasn't quite as – the bubble edge wasn't as sharp. And, and so Nebraska had a pretty favorable uh, path into the tournament. And, and – Realistically, they're kind of a year ahead of schedule. I, I think mid-season I predicted this team to be a WNIT team and a, a really solid NCAA team next year, and so it's really nice to see them get over that uh, over that hump this quickly, especially as young of a team as it is. And, and as you mentioned, you know, especially with the the injuries that that were piling up for them in in the early part of the season i want to go back to that indiana game uh that took place uh middle of uh, last month tyra bus is a name that you mentioned uh she is a senior and had kind of a career uh game which great for her unfortunate for the huskers and, and husker fans but tyra bus is a name that i have heard for well over half a decade which i that took the long <laughs> way of saying five six years um but she is from illinois uh, she's from a small town in in southern Illinois that wouldn't normally, it, had she not been, you know, the the uh, Miss Basketball, which is like the Gatorade Player of the Year. Uh, Illinois has Mister and Miss Basketball every winter, uh, and I think she was Miss Basketball junior and senior year, maybe even sophomore year. But she was at one point the uh, the career points you know, had most career points in, in a high school career. And I don't think that was limited to just women's or girls high school basketball uh, from a small town in Mount Carmel, Illinois, which is right near or right on the Illinois, Indiana border. Uh, so it, it kind of makes sense that, you know, she got the look from Bloomington. Um, but yeah, it, I've always, you know, being that I covered high school sports at that time, that was definitely a name that was, uh, you know, on my radar unfortunate that you know i had to hear it again you know in february of 2018 um but yeah a, a tremendous ball player there and, and you know i don't follow the wnba at all 
Um, but but she seems like somebody who you know has potential to uh, you know ha- parlay this college career into a very nice uh, pro career. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I think she's that quality of a player, and she, you know, a point guard seems to have the ability to really take over a game in a way that other positions don't always seem to be able to. And Nebraska has some really good defenders at the guard position, and and she made them look silly that night which is really unusual. So, yeah, it'd be great to – I imagine we'll be seeing her name in the WNBA, yes. Here, here's a fun uh, Tyra Buss uh, footnote. Uh, January 2010, she finished second in the 12- and 13-year-old uh, category of punt, pass, and kick, uh, finished second nationally uh, in San Diego. So um, this is not the Tyra Buss show, folks. We're not – you know, that was just a sidebar. Um, but, but, you know, it, it's, uh, it goes to show that that's, you know, the, the quality of athlete that, you know, the, these women go up against and, and uh, in, in their own right that, that they face. And, and, and I, I bring it all kind of full circle to what we will talk about, which is the, uh, the game against Arizona State this coming weekend, is that there is, you know, there's a young lady, young woman from, you know the the Huskers, you know, backyard. You know that from the neighborhood that they're going to face on Saturday, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes. Uh, you did mention the Huskers run through uh, the Big Ten tournament, which was in Indiana, uh, because obviously, uh, you know, the men play in New York City for some reason, um, and the women played uh, in in a much more. I don't know. Ideal Big, Big Ten, Ten lo- location. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, but they played at uh, uh, Bankers Life Fieldhouse, of course, uh, getting that first round win against Michigan, uh, and then running into Maryland. And that was, you know, the second time they saw Maryland within a week. And you know, similar result in that it was a loss, but by a few more points. Um, it, it seems weird because you said that that Michigan was ranked at the time, but at the same time, that was only last weekend. Uh, so, or I should say a week and a half ago now, since thanks big 10, um, it just seems, I don't know. It seems odd that, you know, they could, they could think things can adjust that quickly. Uh, you know, at the end of the season, Oh, you, you lost one game, a couple more teams played. You're out of here, Michigan. We're going to bring somebody else in, into the rankings. But, uh, um, yeah, so it's, what, what's your take? I, I did not like the condensed regular season schedule and having the, the conference tournaments pushed up a week. What what's your take on it? Because it does give the ladies an extra week to prepare, an extra week to rest, maybe to get healthy, get over a cold, something like that. What what's your take on this? Um, you know, the the early week, which we probably won't see again. Yeah i I don't know if it affects the Husker women as much as the men. This Husker women's team's a little more, even though they're a young team and they should be more volatile. The they kind of are what they are. They're a very defensive-minded team. They're they're very much a team. You know, there's well Hannah Whitish, obviously second team All Big Ten, and Kate Kane. You know, absolutely destroyed the school record for blocks and made the All Defensive Team for the Big Ten. But when you look at it, any given night, it's any player. And so, I think they're a fairly consistent team. Whereas the Husker men feel like they're a little bit more emotionally based they really need to be charged up more so maybe the rest will be harder for them um 
but yeah, I, I don't like the wait. I think, I think it'd be nice to, to get them in there within a few days and, and get back to some basketball. Patrick and I were talking about... Of course, that's about, as I'm speaking, not as a player or coach. Right, right. Yeah, and Patrick and I were talking about this on the men's side. You know, if if the Huskers did have a better showing, if Husker men, I should specify, had a better showing uh, in New York, uh, then maybe the selection committee doesn't have as much time to, you know, look at, at them. It, it had. Let me rewind and, and insert everything, uh, all of my thoughts conjointly. Um, if... The Big Ten championship or Big Ten tournament was on the final weekend like it traditionally has been. If the Husker men have a better showing, then maybe there's a little bit more. Everything's a little fresher in the mind of the selection committee, and maybe uh, you know their their standings as of right now is a little different as well. Uh, Patrick's all right with uh, them being in the NIT. He and I both agreed they should have been a top four seed so that you know we could get the the home base, the the home fans uh, rocking at the vault. Um, but the women don't have a choice of where they get to play there are uh, going to be down in Texas, which is every Huskers favorite place to go Texas. Um, but yeah, uh, all, yeah. Of all places, right in it, right in uh, the, the enemy's backyard, uh, uh, in Austin, um, Arizona state. Now you were telling me, I didn't know this, but, uh, one of, if not the leading scorer for uh, the sun devils is from Omaha. Yeah. Yeah. A young lady by the name of, and I hope I say it correctly, but, uh, Kiana Ibis. Yeah, she won't be listening she's, anyway, so it's okay. Yeah, I doubt she's listening, but maybe there's people from Omaha who actually know her, but I apologize if I got it wrong, but she's a, a junior forward for the Sun Devils, and yeah, she hails from Omaha, and she's their their leading scorer right now at about 14 points a game, or 12, 12 points a game is what their stats say, and, and they've got three other players that average right about 10. So, like I said, just like the Huskers, they're a very balanced team. Um, but she does seem to be the kind of the go-to person, the, the one that is talked about first when it comes to the scouting report. And so that's kind of a nice Nebraska connection there. And then also a former Husker women's basketball player, Lindsay Moore, um, I believe is a graduate assistant on staff down there at uh, Arizona state. So there's a couple of Husker connections um, and, and she maybe is not on staff, but I believe she's connected to Arizona state now. Somehow I I've been trying to look that up, but um, so yeah, there's a couple of connections there and it'll be a, it'll be a fun matchup to, to watch because these are two very similar teams. And it's, it's kind of funny. Uh, I don't necessarily want to say Lincoln, you know, Southwest, I, th- I believe that's an actual high school in Lincoln, but you know, it, it's, it, if, and, and I can't really say that Arizona state is modeling the program after link after Lincoln, because when coach Amy Williams came in uh year, you know, year before this, two years ago, uh, things changed the, the, the program shifted a little bit. Um, but it is, it is unique to find, you know, they're not, it's not like they play each other. You know, it's not like their their recruiting grounds are, are the similar, uh, you know, region, geographically speaking. But it is unique to find two similar programs that, that you know, uh, play the game the same way from two different parts of the, of the country. Yeah, you don't typically think of the Pac-12 as being a defensive-minded league or anything like that. You know, you tend to think of offense. Now, whether that holds true in women's basketball, I don't know about, you know, most of what I know in the Pac-12 has been, uh, you know, uh, 
Washington recently with uh, former Husker player Natalie Romeo transferring there. And uh, then also Oregon State's been very good. And, and this year, Oregon women's basketball team is, is very, very good. And so you tend to think of points scored in, in that arena. But the Sun Devils are definitely more of a, a defensive team. They, um, they're just a lot like Nebraska. And they don't have a senior on the roster either. So we talk about Nebraska being a young team, but we still have three seniors on the roster. Um, so, so this is so this is two teams that are just really very similar. It'll be a very very interesting matchup because I think it's two teams that are going to try to do the same thing, and whoever you know drags you down in the mud and and keeps you from scoring points more than the other is going to probably have the privilege i guess of facing likely <laughs> texas you know the number two seed texas will be playing number 15 seed maine and so you tend to think texas will come through on that one um and i don't know much about the the longhorns but it's like i said the more i look at the stats the more you you tend to think that arizona state seems to have the advantage when they've played the common opponents but you know Nebraska's been a very, very good road team. Well, as, as Brian would say, have your pre-write ready to go. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I intend to. Uh, one way or another, we're gonna probably see a pretty, pretty strong effort from this team. I, I tend to think Amy Williams will have them ready to go. You know, one of the improvements this year wasn't just because of more experience, or that you know, and she's definitely brought in talented players. But this was a coach that really put her players in a very good position and 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 it's potentially to to their detriment against Maryland when they faced Maryland three times you know Maryland had an idea of what they could do and what they were going to do and and so they they had them scouted really well that third time but Arizona State won't have that uh, advantage hopefully <laughs> and and as you mentioned you know earlier in our conversation you had the women being, you know, in, in the NCAA tournament next year, uh, and and you know having a solid run in the WNIT this year, so you have them where they sit now, a little bit ahead of schedule in your mind. Aside from the the talent being brought in uh, by Coach Williams, and we don't want to beat a dead horse because I think we we talked about this last time uh, that you were on the show as well. But the, the I, I don't know the. The, the I don't know if player morale is, is the right way to put it, but it, or if if the locker room has a better atmosphere, but it just seems like player morale is is up a little bit, and the locker room has a better atmosphere. I mean, I, it just seems like you know any any of the uh, the the people who weren't necessarily a right fit uh, were gone, and and you know the the young women who are in there who are who representing the Scarlet and Cream right now are 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 ready to go and and, and are buying in. Yeah, and I think you see that with both the men's and women's teams this year. They they really saw more group chemistry. Yeah, because if you look at this Husker women's team, you know, they finished third in the Big Ten and didn't put anybody on the first team, all-conference team. And they put Hannah Whitish on the second team and nobody in, you know, it, it was it was very much a team effort. And I think early in the season – you saw how young this team was. They just went back and forth from you'd watch a quarter where they played some really amazing basketball. And you're like, wow, this team has a lot of potential. And then they'd go and start 
start throwing the ball and say, yeah, this is a bunch of, bunch of sophomores largely, you know, is, is a big, is a big contributing class here. And well, you know, they're in, by the middle of the season, like, yeah, this is, this is a team that looks like they could come together for the WNIT. And then they went on and they had a stretch there where they knocked off like four ranked teams in a row or something like that. And you went, wow, this is an NCAA tournament quality team. Now, whether they put together the resume or not, you don't know. And so you started to think maybe they were ahead of schedule. And even Amy Williams in some of her interviews has said that this team has exceeded her expectations. And she started to see it about the same time the rest of us did when they went to Iowa and put like a the first half they were in Iowa City and Iowa was a ranked team, and Iowa's like a five or six, a six seed in this NCAA tournament still. And they had a 30-point halftime lead on the Hawkeyes. And, and I think Amy Williams kind of said at that point is when she knew she had a team that was, that was really coming together. And, you know, if we see that kind of half of basketball again from this team, they, they can be very competitive with, with a lot of teams. And, and that's, you know, going into a hostile territory. And, and I know – not to uh, disparage the, the the good name of you know women's collegiate basketball, but it's not it, it it's not as rabid, I guess, uh, uh, than you know college football. But it's still Nebraska and Iowa, so it's still there's still some hostility there. And so you go into a you know a hostile crowd like that, and and you thump them like you do, and you're up by thirty uh, on their court by halftime. Uh, that that gets people talking that opens them eyes and that that might be uh you, you know as you said maybe that's when you know coach kind of saw that that things were clicking uh you know maybe like like you said a, a little ahead of schedule but that also opens some eyes on the national scene and that might be you know a part of why the women are where they are uh, you know heading into this weekend yeah definitely because i think it was about that time where they actually started to get healthy you know it, it you know, we talked about this last time as well. We're in past years under previous regime. We saw the team kind of get, and this is true of most teams, not just the previous Nebraska regime, but you know, most teams, they start to lose players. People are getting dinged up. They're injured. They're bruised, you know, towards the end of the season. Well, Nebraska did it the opposite way where they had all these injuries and people started to get healthy. And by the time that everybody was actually healthy and Amy Williams had her full roster available, that's when they just clicked and took off. And I, I don't think that escaped the notice of the selection committee or the national pundits. They, they saw what was happening there. And it was, it was really fun to watch because you just don't know who's going to do it any given night. This is really a team effort. I mean, everybody seems to be bought into a role you know, Coach Williams is more than willing to mix up who's on the floor. And, you know, somebody's having a good night, they're there. You know, maybe they're not the starter, but they're making things work. They're on the floor. Um, so it, it, it's, been, it's been really enjoyable to watch this team and, and how they've, they've grown. And even, like I said, the, one of the big changes in the, this year was, you know, Maddie Simon moving from guard to forward. You know, she she's just really found a home in that that number four spot on the floor. Especially, she seems to complement Kate Kane really well. And Simon has guard abilities with her ball handling and her three point shot. So she improves some of the spacing and and she just has a real knack for 
for being in the right spot when the ball comes down. And, and so she's really done a nice job of providing some much needed inside presence when Nebraska had all these young guards coming in. Um, you know, her moving inside, I don't think can be, can be overestimated as a big reason for this team's improvement. And as you mentioned, uh, the Husker women, a lot of fun to watch, and, and uh, they will be in action again Saturday afternoon, 2.30 against Arizona State. Uh, make sure, folks, that you are checking that one out. Before we go, I would be remiss in my duties if I, I uh, ended the conversation without bringing up uh, a little school from a little state to the north, uh, South Dakota State. Uh, the Jackrabbits are also dancing, and uh, with a slightly better uh, seed than, than the Husker women, but we'll let, let that uh, slide. They uh, finished second in, in the regular season in the Summit League, but they did win the tournament uh, with a nice win over South Dakota. Um, I'm going to let you take it away. This is very much your wheelhouse. Uh, <laughs> let, let's let's all hear. I will give you as much time, Jill, as you want to talk all about Jackrabbit women's basketball because the the, the floor is yours. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, the you poor guys at coordination get tired <laughs> of me talking about the Jackrabbits. No, we don't. We we enjoy it. it it's it's fun. <laughs> yeah, they they've really. Uh, it's been a nice, you know, a real mid-major powerhouse program, and they are a number eight seed, which I think might be the highest seed they've ever earned in school history. And they've got a player named Macy Miller, who is a really special player. Um, you know, if you enjoy watching women's basketball, she's a she's a six foot guard, you know, a shooting guard. She's she's a lot of fun to watch. And there is a Nebraska native playing on the Jackrabbit team, and she was actually a Husker last year. She she played her freshman year for Amy Williams and then kind of saw the writing on the wall with all the guards that we had. And she was a walk-on as well. And so she got offered a scholarship at, at South Dakota State. And so she's playing uh, for the Jackrabbits, and that's Riley Cascio Jensen. And so I, I imagine, you know, having the, another Nebraska connection there. And they'll be playing, I believe, the Villanova women. And, um, and I think if if things go to schedule here, if the Jackrabbits beat Villanova, which is you know an eight-nine matchup, that's going to be a tight one. They would play likely Notre Dame, who is a number one seed, um, who also has another Husker alum, um, who was a former teammate of Riley Cascio Jensen, I believe, and Jessica Shepard. Um, you know, Jess Shepard was a Husker her freshman and sophomore years, and then transferred to Notre Dame this year. And uh, Notre Dame, I think, has been down to six or even seven or possibly even six players at times this year with injuries. And so Shepard's been a big part of their success this year. And so it'll be it'll be a lot of uh, there's a lot of women with Nebraska connections playing in the tournament. And so, yeah, I'll be of course, I'll be cheering on the Jackrabbits as an alumnus, but uh it, it's been a it's been fun to watch and and I think two years ago the Jackrabbits came within a Stanford buzzer beater of advancing to the Sweet 16. Um, I have a hard time seeing them get past Notre Dame, but you never know. Um, I, I'm excited to see both of my teams playing in the tournament. It's it's going to be a, a great weekend of basketball for me. Are they on uh, opposite sides of the bracket or are they? Um. Yeah, I think... I'm just wondering what would happen. I'm wondering what would happen, what would happen in the Heemster house if there was a Nebraska-South Dakota State championship. 
Uh, <laughs> well, when we had Nebraska and South Dakota State playing football in, in Lincoln, my husband and I would wear, you know, a blue T-shirt and a red jacket and, a, you know, as a matter of fact, he, he dressed up with a lot of blue and gold, even though we were Husker season ticket holders. And he was he was basically treated like a visiting fan because of the way he was dressed. He was just amazed at all the people coming up to him saying, oh, good luck. You know, and afterwards, you know, we both know that the Jackrabbits gave the Huskers pretty good games yeah. the last two times they were in Lincoln. And people were coming up and congratulating him. And he's like, yeah, I guess with the blue shirt, they probably don't realize I'm a Nebraska person and, and I'm a season ticket holder here. He says, but I'm kind of enjoying it. Well, so, it, it, so, so, yeah, the red and blue, we've got both colors. So we'll have to see what happens if there would be a matchup. I think that uh, – all right, so I'm going to start the petition in the coordination slack right, you know, after, as soon as we're done with this conversation. If it's a Nebraska-South Dakota State championship, John has to pay for your tickets and you got to go. I, Oh, I think so. Definitely. And and it, I think he would take that deal just because the <laughs> I, I don't want to, you know, curse either team or jinx him, but in the unlikely event that that would happen, I think I think he he would consider that a safe I, this message will be sent and you will see it. And uh folks, we'll we'll get a screen grab of it and you can see it as well just to make sure that I'm a man of my word. Um but yeah, so it, lots of excitement, lots of like you said, uh, Nebraska connections all over the the uh, women's tournament, and you know hopefully. And for, hmm? and for those of you mourning the fact that the Husker men didn't make the NCAA tournament, I, I will say the Jackrabbits did, and they're playing Ohio State. <laughs> so what a better time to jump on the Jackrabbit bandwagon than this weekend. <laughs> you know, I have no problem with that because I also hate Ohio State, so it's a twofer. Uh, go Jackrabbits and uh, go Huskers. And uh, Jill, thank you so much for spending some time with us again, uh, or with us slash me, the the royal we uh, on, on the Five Heart Podcast. And uh, uh, we will be looking forward to all of your uh, updates on coordination.com uh, as the Husker women go through the tournament. I will be more than happy to provide those. All right, get that get that game preview with Texas ready because it's going to happen. I, I'm I'm already researching the Longhorns as we speak. Or Maine. I mean, that could be fun. That would that would be an enjoyable one. Yes. Because then then <laughs> Texas doesn't even get to play again in their home court. It's great. Okay, uh, that, that we we do have a lot of we we have a lot of fun on coordination.com so we appreciate everybody who uh, checks out the website and uh, listens to the podcast and if you listen to this podcast by the way the number one podcast on coordination.com uh by default but i'll take it uh make <laughs> make sure that you uh, uh leave a review or uh, leave a star rating uh write a review even if you don't like the show even if you are one of those people on uh, social media last week who said why are you bringing up all the negative all the losses we've moved on we're at a better place now that's true that's why i gave the northern illinois game an honorable mention because it was the catalyst that got us to where we are but you don't listen to the show you just read the headline okay i'm done yeah um <laughs> I'm calm. I'm better. Uh, but anyway, throw us a, a rate, a review. We're on Apple Podcasts, uh, uh, Stitcher, Google Play, Podbean, uh, Coronation.com, JitteryMonkey.com. And uh, hey, when you rate and review, that means that somebody else might be able to uh, see the show and, and, and jump on board 
that way as well. So thanks to my guests this week, uh, Patrick Gerhardt talking uh, Husker men's basketball, Jill Heemster talking Husker women's basketball, and we wish the Huskers and the Jackrabbits uh, the best of luck in all of their uh, postseason tournaments that begin this weekend. Remember that as you listen to this on Wednesday, the 14th, the Husker men are in action tonight. All right, Jill, will you help me uh, end the show uh, in the traditional way? Absolutely. All right, everybody, reminding you this week and every week that five heart is all the heart you need. Go Big Red. And win the damn game. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com. Jittery Monkey.